0: Are you guys going? We're good. Amazing. You can take your seats. So, so good. It is good to be back. Chris and Harlow and I just spent a month overseas in the US, um, which was really cool. I know a few people have been away. Danica was in South Africa. It's nice to see your face. Lara's in Bali. You're back too. It's so good. It's good to be home. And I know that, you know, as the old, the old TV ad says, I still call Australia home. The food's better here. The people are better here, like, I love America, but you're just better people, so... No, it's good. It's good to be home, but we're going to dive in tonight into and continuing our um, Elephant in the Room series, and I just want to shout out our graphics team, because I think this is like the coolest graphic we've ever had as a church, and I want like this elephant on a mug, on like a sticker. I think we should do some merch for this thing. It's very cute, but um, you know what I love about this series, and um, you would have seen over the last couple of weeks, every Tuesday, a podcast release diving a little bit deeper into these topics, and for us as a church, maybe you're here for the first time um, or you called City Point home for a really long time, this theme for us as a church is not just to expose a bunch of topics and make you more confused or create more um, thought process and add to the information that's already available about these topics, but really to help us as a church find biblical truth, find freedom in these topics and in these areas. And we know more than ever today in society that we need to know exactly why we believe what we believe, um, know the truth that we stand on, and find freedom in that. And what I love about the Word of God, you know, I've followed Jesus since I was six years old. As a kid, I remember making a decision in my grade one class right here at City Point College. And what I love about it is the truth of the Word of God has never stopped finding me freedom. And so as we dive into tonight's topic, we're going to touch some things we might tickle some things, we might hit some things. And I want to let you know tonight from the, from the very outset that tonight, that the truth of the Word of God tonight is here to find you freedom tonight. That tonight in everything that we discuss, in everything that this might bring up, in everything that this might show you, that tonight we want to see you live to the fullness of freedom that Christ has for you tonight. And so the title of my message tonight is, How Far Is Too Far? Hey all, let's go there. How far is too far? And so hitting this topic, I know for all the married people in the room like myself, you might slowly start to turn that dial down. My voice is female, so it's out a, of a register. You might not even hear, but you know, you might start to turn that dial down. But I want to let you know that no one, even in marriage, is immune to this topic. And so we're going to dive in. Pastor Mark hit it brilliantly this morning about what is immorality. And so if you weren't here this morning, grab the podcast, grab the message, and um, you can dive in a little bit little bit further but we're just going to go jumping straight in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 to 12 it says this do you know don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom do not be deceived no sexual immoral immoral people idolaters adulterers males who have sex with males no thieves greedy people drunkards verbally abusive people or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom and some of you used to be like this How good that some of us used to be like this, but no longer. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. It goes on in verse 15 to 20 it says don't you know that your bodies are a part of Christ's bodies so bodies so should i take a part of Christ's body and make it a part of a prostitute absolutely not don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her for scripture says the two will become one flesh but anyone joined to the lord is one spirit with him flee sexual immorality every other sin a person commits is outside the body but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. Now we could read that scripture and leave it right there, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to contextualize a little, just to um, you know not offend too many people. But I just read the scripture, so don't freak out. Uh, but purity is a conversation. It's a thing in um, that you know we we I don't know if we shy away from it. Or we just don't talk about it anymore. It's too hard to touch. I don't know what it is. But when we read in scripture, God makes it really clear for us to understand that purity isn't just a conversation for young people in the room who are dating. Purity is something that that we need to um, hold to in our lives no matter what we face. Immorality isn't just bound to sexual immorality, but we see on that scripture there's so many things that can lead us to impurity. And so as I said tonight, you know, we're going to hit some things. And like I said, there is no condemnation in Christ. None of this is coming from a place where God wants to shame you, judge you. But tonight God wants to set you free. And so maybe if this is things that you've dealt with, things that have happened to you that should never have happened you things that you've walked through tonight, I know and I know that I know that I know that in truth tonight you'll find freedom. And so number one tonight, what is purity? What is purity? Purity is defined as freedom from immorality or contamination, freedom from immorality or contamination. And as we read that very long list of things that are immorality, you know, the the Bible speaks to us about these things to make it really, really clear. Yet for some reason in today's day and age, we still need the very words to make it really clear. But God's made it very clear for us today that we have been called as His sons and His daughters to live a life of purity. So what is purity? It's freedom from immorality or contamination. Yes, everything in a sexual nature, but also freedom from all the other things that are ungodly and that contaminate our souls, that contaminate our view of God. And I think purity has been something that maybe has been put to sleep because it's much easier not to touch. But I know that it is something that as a generation can be marked by purity, that we can see generations on generations making a difference and being marked by purity that will make a difference in our future families, that we can see divorce eradicated in future generations, that we can see abuse, eradicated in future generations and all these different types of things come down to decisions around purity. purity. This definition is actually from the dictionary. Freedom isn't the ability to just do whatever you want when you turn 18. I think a lot of us who are over 18 have figured that out. Freedom isn't the ability to just do whatever you want, but it's the ability to say yes to the things that are going to bring me life and no to the things that are going to bring me death. Freedom isn't turning 18 and having access to alcohol, drugs, whatever. It's a lifestyle that you can access through Jesus Christ through repentance and righteousness. Through repentance and righteousness. Without purpose, purity will only ever be behavior modification without purpose, purity will only ever be behavior modification. Purity isn't something you are to obtain, but it's a posture of heart that you can come to before Jesus when you find righteousness and through repentance in Him. You know, I know for for so many of us, um, you know, coming from all sorts of different walks of life, lots of different people who inspire us, we've all been through different things. And I remember so clearly growing up right here in this youth ministry and finding it hard to find someone or a couple who had, you know, gotten to the place of marriage without maybe, um, you know, having slept together before marriage or coming and crossing lines before marriage and all those kinds of things. And I would love it that for our little girl, that one day, you know, or for the teenagers in the room, you are the future life group leaders and youth leaders for her and that the story wouldn't be what maybe I experienced of we stuffed up but it was okay, but rather the continual thread in a generation to come would be that we saved ourselves from marriage, that we continue to keep ourselves in purity with Christ, and that would be the example that she would have as she grows up. And, you know, all these kinds of things, sexual sin, as we listed before, sexual sin, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, um, males sleeping with males thieves, swindlers, all these kinds of things, the Scripture makes it so clear that these things will not allow us to inherit the kingdom of God. And like I said before, you might be here tonight and this feels heavy because you don't even know Jesus. You're not even sure. You're checking this whole thing out. Like I said tonight, there is this um, freedom that's available for you tonight. There is a purity available for you tonight, and I just want to let you know right from the very outset that nobody is so far from God that they can't be fixed. Nobody is so far from God or done so many messed up things that has made you irreversible in God's presence. But tonight, everything can be restored in Him. Everything can be restored in Him. So the question tonight, how far is too far, is actually the wrong question. We should be asking, number one, is this controlling me? Number two, why can't I live without this in my life? And number three, is this self-seeking? We know that the Bible talks to us about love, that love is kind, love is patient, all these kinds of things. Love is not self-seeking. So even in the, co- the covenant of marriage, we can be self-seeking in our love. But I know in our marriage that I will be sorely disappointed if I'm looking for Chris to satisfy my every need, if I'm self-seeking in the way that I approach our marriage. But in all these things, in, in sexual immorality, in drunkenness, in all these kinds of things we listed before— Let's ask ourselves, not how far is too far, not how drunk can I get, not how far can I go with my girlfriend or my boyfriend and still stay in choir, not how can I, you know, how far can I go for it to still be okay? I say that because we've been there, we've heard the questions before. It's the wrong question, the questions we should be asking ourselves at any age, at any stage of life. Is this controlling me? Can I live without this? Why can't I live without this? And is this self-seeking? As we listed before, all the things, sexual immorality. This includes not just having sex before marriage. We'll just make this clear because apparently it's not clear. Um, But anything of a sexual nature. If you are not married to the person that you are with, stop acting married. And if you are married... Please act married and stay married. And so in all these things, in all these sexual things, and this includes masturbation, pornography, all the kind of stuff that we could list on and on. You know, really funny story. When we were youth and wire pastors um, over the last couple of years, um, you know, we heard some real funny stories. And, you know, back, back in like when Chris and I started dating probably like 10 years ago, it was much simpler. Like Sunday nights was, you know, church was sick. It was awesome. We'd worship God, have a great work received from him and then like as soon as that thing clicked like 7.30 or whatever time we'd finished service, the room became like the biggest dating pool you've ever seen. And what would happen is the guys would start beelining for chicks right across the room. They would have their eye on them. There was no, like, pretext. There was no slide into the DMs. There was no cheeky photo in the DMs of something you shouldn't have sent. There was none of that. Back in our day, we just beeline for each other right across the room. And, you know, to be honest, I know that's how the souls got together. That's how Chris and I got together. That's how a lot of us got together back in the day. And, you know, it's kind of funny, but back... You know, listening to different stories, I remember walking with different people and young people, young adults telling us, oh, but it's okay that my boyfriend and I sleep in the same bed because my parents said it's okay. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't know that you can hold your, your sin and the consequences of your sin to your parents. And, you know, there'd be stories of that. I remember a really funny story dealing with someone and they'd said to me, they were called out by someone and um, they'd said to me, you know, oh, it's it's okay that we sleep in the same bed because we put a pillow between us. I'm like, that pillow ain't doing crap. Like, (laughs) seriously. You can't convince... I'm literally staring her in the face going... Are you lying? Like, you just honestly think you can convince me of this. And so it's really funny, but you know, I know for so many of us, there might have been lines that we've crossed or different things like that. And we can all play this grace card, and we're gonna go through that in a minute, but we'll keep going through the list. Idolaters worshiping anything other than God. So that's not just something that's reserved for young people who are dating and can't keep control of themselves, that's all of us. All of us who worship anything other than God brings contamination or immorality into our hearts. Adulterers, physical or emotional affairs with anyone who's not your spouse, lust included. Scripture says that even if you think lustfully towards someone, it's considered sin. Um, Males who have sex with males, that's homosexuality, pretty obvious one there. Thieves, stealers of anything, stealing of joy, stealing of physical goods, stealing of whatever. Um, Greedy people that is immorality. That is something that brings impurity into our hearts. That's when we're self-seeking, prideful, self-absorbed, self-satisfying. I know we've all been in situations where we have been greedy and self-seeking with our own agenda at the forefront. That's something that contaminates our soul, contaminates our hearts. Drunkenness, don't give me the I can handle more than that chick or that guy. Just straight up getting drunk is a sin. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Uh, Verbally abusive people, be kind, be a kind human. It's not hard to be kind these days. Um, Swindlers, self-seeking, again, with your own agenda, agenda at the forefront of your decisions. And in all of these things, none of us are too far gone. None of us are too far gone. Everything can be restored in Jesus Christ. Everything can be restored through repentance and righteousness in Him. Matthew 5 verse 8, it says blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So my question for you tonight is what is in your view? What is in your view? This morning, Pastor Mark hit it so well that our minds are the way that we view things through. Our thought processes, our beliefs. He said this morning that our minds are the most sexual organ in the body. So what is in your view? What is in your view today? Is it the shame from past mistakes? Is it the guilt from past mistakes? Is it the condemnation? Is it the the habits, the addictions? Is it the things you can't shake? Is it the whatever it is that's in your view? Is it something that you just need to deal with with God tonight? Do you see God with a mile list long between you and Him of all the things that you've done wrong? Do we abuse grace like a pill that we can swallow every time we make the same mistake? What is in your view? How do you see God? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. A.W. Tozer puts it like this, one compromise here, another there, and soon enough, the so-called Christian and the man in the world look the same. And I know so much, like I said before, our purpose in Jesus Christ, every single one of us have an amazing purpose to fulfill on this earth and in our time on this earth to establish the kingdom of God. But all of that is wasted if we come and we can't come before Him with purity. We can't come before Him with righteousness and repentance. When Jesus comes back into your view, when Jesus is at the forefront of your mind, and can I tell you tonight, as I said before, no one is too far gone but you just need to bring Jesus back into your view. Jesus comes back into your view. And I'm not talking about Jesus far away at the back door kind of view, but Jesus face to face, meeting Jesus again face to face. And yes, there are lots of things we can do to get help and get through things and all those kinds of things. But at the very end of the day, no therapy, no counseling, no psychologist can help you the same way unless we can see Jesus see Jesus again. What is in your view? If you're a Jesus lover and a Jesus follower, but you find yourself in places of impurity, moments of impurity in any of these ways, view your salvation again. View that moment of salvation again. I find myself often going back to that place in my grade one classroom when I gave my life to Jesus. Go back to that place of salvation. If you've been a Christian a long time here, and you know, maybe you're leading people, you're doing things, and again, getting caught up maybe just in your own agenda, completely un- unintentionally, but you need to just realign yourself with Jesus. Would you just remember that moment of salvation? And remember that moment when He took you from death to life, from darkness to light. Remember that moment. There is so much power we can remember our salvation. Remind yourself, put on the mind of Christ. Change the view. Change the station. Change the channel. Put on the mind of Christ. Wake up in the morning and say, I am the righteousness of Christ. I am a son. I am a daughter of the most high God. Come back to that place of meeting Jesus as your first love again. Not your third love, not your fourth love, your first love again. Come back to seeing God, accept His grace again. It's a free gift that comes with your salvation. When you believe upon Him and confess with your mouth that He is Lord, that He is Savior of your life, that grace is a free gift for you. What is grace? The question is, what is grace? And like I said before, we might have abused grace before and used it as a pill we can swallow, a thing we can touch and say, oh, but grace covers all But what is grace? Grace empowers righteousness. Grace empowers us to live right standing with Christ. You know, when Jesus came off that cross and for three days, they all thought he was dead in a tomb, never to rise again. And they all thought he was dead. In that time, he was fighting for our salvation. He was fighting and taking back the keys of life and death into his hands. He was fighting for our freedom. He was fighting for our salvation. And in all of that time, in those three days when we thought, when, when the people thought they wouldn't see him again, we were always, I, I wonder what they were thinking. I wonder what the disciples were thinking. I wonder what people were thinking that their eternity would look like, that their life after death would look like, that their future without him would look like. And these are people who walked, you know, like the earth with Jesus Christ. And then he rose again. And three days later, it is the greatest, most redemptive story on earth. And what I love about that is that we can see ourselves or see people through the eyes of judgment. But really what the cross teaches us is the redemptive power of grace. That it wasn't just the judgment, that it wasn't just the law that was fulfilled, but it was also the redemptive power of grace. Grace pleads for us, not guilty. Romans 5 verse 16 to 17. I don't have it on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles, Romans 5 verse 16 to 17. And this free flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. Because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. You know, before Jesus, for all of us, we face this transgression, we face this verdict of guilty. But This gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, not guilty. Not guilty. Verse 17 Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah, the grip of grace. We have been held in the grip of grace. And like I said before, this might've been something that you've thrown out before, but can I tell you, no matter how many times we've abused that grace, it's still our free gift. It's still our free gift to enjoy, that we are held in the grip of grace. And verse 20 to 21 says, The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Would we live in the grips of grace? That's my prayer for our generation and the generation to come, that a generation would live in the grips of grace, a life of righteousness, pure, worthy of the cross. Would we live a life that's worthy of the salvation that we have? Would we live a life that's actually worthy of what Jesus has done for us? When you encounter Him, when you see God, He sets your path right back to righteousness. Right thinking, He, comes, he brings you back right? Believing, He brings us back. And I, can I encourage you that any time I've been confused, any time I've been there, I've made those mistakes, I've done those wrong things, I've been self-seeking, whatever it is, any, any of those times when I can bring myself back into view of Jesus Christ, He brings me back through that gift of grace and He pulls me back into the grips of grace. And I want to encourage us today, you no longer have to live in the grips of sin anymore. You no longer have to live in the grips of judgment anymore. You no longer have to live in the grips of your past mistakes, past shame, past failures, past whatever, because you can live in the freedom of the grips of grace. A prayer for those pursuing purity today. And like I said, it could be any of those things. This is a prayer for all of us today that can continue to keep us with a pure heart. Psalm 51, verse 10 to 12, it says, God create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. If you're facing an addiction, you're facing a habit you can't break, you're facing a thing that you know you need to confess, you're in a situation with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, whatever, you're facing a situation of greed, pride, any of those things that we listed. This is a prayer for us that the Psalmist writes that allows us to bring us back into alignment with the King and with purity. I'll read it again. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me. Sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. And along with that, there's heaps of practical stuff that we can do. There's a lot of things that obviously I mentioned and I know that within each of those things for each of us is probably a whole story attached, a background, whatever's going on. But there's a whole bunch of things that we can do and this is what I love about the church is that we never have to journey this stuff alone. We never ever have to journey this stuff alone because number one, we can do it in step with His Spirit. But number two, we can do it together. We can confess our sins before God and with each other in godly community with spiritual authority in your lives. Ask yourselves those questions. Again, is this controlling me? Why can't I live without this? And is this self-seeking? And if you answer yes to any of those questions about anything in your life tonight, this is your like giant invitation to find freedom tonight. Because you don't have to have all your ducks in a row or get it all perfect straight away. That's the beautiful thing about the grace gift is the grace gift allows us the process to find our freedom, to our salvation. The second thing you can do is just get help. If there's some deep stuff there, there's many, many people we have walked with who have dealt with trauma, different kinds of things from past decisions, things that have, they've gone through, things that have happened to them, whatever's taken place, get help. There is no shame in getting the professional help that you need to walk yourself through, through these things. But secondly, again, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Do something every day to break those habits. Read your Bible, pray, fast. All these kinds of things God has given us as tools, not just to condemn us further, but to actually redemptively bring us back into His grace. Don't go through it alone. If you don't have a spiritual mentor, you don't have a life group leader, a pastor, someone you can walk with, come to the lounge straight after the service. I promise you, Chris and I have walked through like hundreds hundreds and hundreds of people through all these kinds of different things. We've been walked through these things ourselves. And I can tell you that some of the best people who find freedom the quickest are the ones who lean in first. So walk with people, don't do it alone. Find accountability, talk to pastors and leaders and know that you'll see breakthrough. And the last thing is just to get in the grips of God's grace again. Get in the grips of God's grace again and ask yourself, who's in my view? What's in my view? What am I viewing? Maybe that's a real practical thing for you. What are you viewing? What are you not viewing enough of? Get in the grips of grace again. And a call for this generation, Psalm 24, verse three to six, it says, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in His holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not appealed to what is false, who has not sworn deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of His salvation. Such is the generation of those who inquire of Him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. If you wanna move in the grips of grace, you wanna move in power, you wanna move in, in, in purpose in your life, pursue righteousness, pursue purity, get in the grips of grace again. And when you're caught in the grips of grace, we can be a generation who are marked with clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart, a life of purity, just real quick, gives you power to your purpose. Now suddenly it's no longer you going in your own strength, trying and striving to be in the will of God, but you will just be in the will of God, moving in power, moving in purpose, moving in the Holy Spirit, moving in ways that you couldn't have imagined if we strive to get out of the things of sin. Purity brings us into that place. And I wanna put a call out tonight. Would we be a generation who diligently seek the face of the Lord, A generation who diligently seek His face. Would we be marked by purity with clean hands and a pure heart? And you know, tonight, in a minute, I want to give an opportunity for one, people who don't know Jesus or who need to come back to Him to have your redemptive grace story tonight and come back into the grips of grace. And you need to be honest with yourself. And you know what? Say, I don't know if my eternity is fully secure with Him. I don't know if my eternity is fully secure in heaven. There's been things that I've stopped with. And tonight I need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry, but You are the Lord and Saviour of my life. And the second thing I wanna do in a minute is just give us an opportunity to respond and make a stand for our generation. Make a stand for purity. And so first tonight, if you just wanna close your eyes, Lord, we just thank You tonight. God, that for anyone here, God who's experiencing right now, just things in their heart tugging, tugging towards You, God. Lord, I just pray right now that You would just invite them back in to the grips of grace as sons, as daughters of God. And if that's you tonight, just with eyes closed across this place, I just wanna give you an opportunity to make Jesus your Lord and Saviour again. You might've made this decision 20 times, maybe this is the very first time, but tonight you're serious. You don't wanna make Jesus the Lord and Saviour of your life. With eyes closed across this place, would you just be so brave to put up your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Amen, amen, so good. Is there anyone else who wants to join these ones? Lord, I thank you tonight. Father, that you've seen these ones, God, that you have called them back into the grips of grace tonight. Father, we thank you tonight that there is no condemnation in Christ. Lord, we thank you tonight, Father, that they are free, that tonight they are your sons, they are your daughters. And Lord, they thank you, God, that tonight they no longer have to worry, Father, about their eternity. But tonight they would know that their eternity is secure in you. And God, we thank you tonight that they are Lord and Savior, that you are their Lord, God. You are their Lord, Father, that's saviour of their lives and Lord we thank you and we celebrate with all of heaven tonight for these ones who have come back home tonight. Come on, can we celebrate all these amazing decisions. Amen.